Hey, smart mamas. Welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits. Relationships, finance, mental health, work. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way or way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hello, Smart Mamas. We are excited to have you on another show. So we have Leona here with us. And Leona, tell our listeners why they need you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. And I'm excited. So I'm Leona Carter. And, you know, I do a lot. I'm an international empowerment speaker. But everything that I do is to empower women to build intimacy with their husbands through the power of dating again. And so listen, I know there are women that, you know, for for various reasons, and I'll actually name a couple of reasons that women struggle with building intimacy with their husbands. I mean, things like hormonal imbalance, um, infertility, infidelity, blended families, health issues. These are some of the things that women you know, are trying to overcome and connect with their husband. And they just need a little help from an intimacy coach to help them really get back to the main thing and dating their spouse again, in order to really build intimacy in their marriage. I love this, Leona, because I've been married 14 years. I mean, that's a long time. Like I haven't dated. Go Crystal. When I dated, there wasn't like, we barely started texting. There was no like social media. This wasn't, it was like a different world, you know? Like I, I, if God forbid anything happened, I could never go out and date again. You know, I would love to learn how to date my husband and like the current world we're living in. Yeah. It's, it's so different. I mean, and, and, um, and then life gets busy. I mean, my husband and I, we've been married for 25 years. We have six children, one grandson. So don't (laughs) tell me life is not busy, right? And so it's real easy to get distracted and, you know, you lose the flow of dating again, right? And so, and that emotional intimacy, you have to build that. I mean, there's over 14 different types of intimacy, but emotional intimacy is one of the most common ones. When you're emotionally disconnected, I mean, some people like myself, hormonally imbalanced, it's a barrier to building intimacy. But some people, it's just busyness. It's just kids. It's just life that takes, you know, your distraction away from, you know, connecting emotionally with your husband. So we, we go back to the beginning, start that dating again, and really build intentionality around building intimacy with your husband. Okay. So I'm loving this. Um, Our audience is, is a lot of um, busy working moms with, young to teenager children. 
And so Ellen's pregnant. I just had my third baby this year and Crystal has a like elementary school child. So we're all like in that phase where we've got like young children. And I have to say like breastfeeding, I I just don't want anyone to touch me. Like I'm touched out. (laughs) So like, (laughs) yes. So kind of what advice would you give to us to like start dating our husbands again? What, you know, like what common issues do you see among our, you know, like life stage? That's such a great question. Oh my goodness. So what I tell, you know, moms, wives, you know, whether they, you know, busy with their career, children, what I tell, what I share is you have to have a transition period. Like there needs to be a time where you're finishing with the kids and you need to give yourself time to transition into the wife. Time to transition because what will happen is if I'm talking like a half an hour to an hour hour after the kids have gone to bed to make that transition. Because what will happen if you don't regularly have that transition period, you'll have, you know, trying to get Johnny in the bathtub. Listen, come on. And you're pulling it, you know, getting all, getting, grabbing his clothes. He's throwing it out. You're throwing it in and you're doing all this, right? And then if you go directly to connect with your husband, what you'll do is, oh, my God, honey, you wouldn't believe I was trying to get Johnny in the bed. And you bring all that to the bedroom, right? Right. You'll bring it all to the bedroom. And so that transition period for you is to decompress, grab the glass of wine, grab the hot tea, whatever you need to do to help you in that transition so that you can be present as that wife, right? Be present in that new role and not like, whoo, let me just, I just got to take this role. I got all wet. Cause like, you know, you're, it's, it's a lot. I hear you on that because I cannot personally run, run, run all day, you know, work, pick up kids, do this, do that, make dinner. And then really do anything like I need to chill out decompress for at least like 10 minutes like mindlessly scroll text people back just do something that doesn't take too much of my thought and effort you know to just kind of center myself again exactly literally said this to my husband the other day I'm so glad you're saying this because now I'm going to be like go listen to Leona because I'm not lying about this (laughs) like literally I just put my kid down to sleep and immediately he was like so what are you doing and I was like I was like listen you gotta give me like a minute to just like disconnect because I've been running, 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 running with the kids all day. Like the last thing I want to do is be touched or bothered or spoken to by anyone. I need to sit in a silent, dark room alone for like 10 minutes and just decompress. And I will talk to you in 10 minutes. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And just like so offended, but he doesn't get it. And I, it's funny because we talked about this on a previous episode about like the mother load or like the load of motherhood that we carry. And like, we carry all these things and then we don't even get a minute to like be us immediately. It's like shift to wife and like, go like make this person happy now. 
And it's so funny because everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my God, now he can't tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's why like in old romantic uh, movies and like um, books, the men like run their wife a bath and like make a romantic setting for them to like chill out and decompress. And then they're ready for part two. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So true. And we need that. I mean, we got so much going on. And, you know, for some individuals, you know, that really struggle with making that emotional connection, first of all, the, you know, um, and I, and I say the wife to the husband, just because I work with wives, but it goes both ways. It definitely goes both ways. But a lot of times um, as where it's hard to emotionally connect. I mean, and so you have to start, you know, start the love making process in the kitchen, like it, early in the day is what I mean. Early in the day, the, the foreplay and the, the, the conversations and the connection early in the day. So that by the time, you know, the evening, the kids are to bed, things like that. We're not just connecting for the first time. So keeping that connection throughout the day is super important for our emotional well-being. Okay. How do you do that? Yeah. And so this is where like, I find myself sometimes where it's like, you're like, hey, honey, and you give him a hug and he's like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, and my son <laughs> listens to this podcast. So. <laughs> but but it's like, hey, well, slow down. Like, you know, I, I am just saying hi. Like, <laughs> You can't just say hi, Lacey. <laughs> no, there's no just saying hi. My husband's like that, like any sort of touch or anything is like cues him to, you know, wherever their mind goes. But it's like, I just want to connect just, yeah, emotionally, not necessarily physically right away. So help us, Leona, help us and our husbands. Help us. Help us help. So that that's a good question. Um, Well, to address that first, um, that's actually a conversation to have with your husband. You know, one of the things I did early on is I told my husband, um, well, the reason I'm not touching you as much and, you know, giving you a hug and things like that, because you think every touch needs to go to the bedroom, but I need to be able to safely and openly just touch and hug without you anticipating sex. Can we, can we have that conversation? Can we make that, you know? And so it seems like a weird conversation to have, but it needs to be had. And so when you, when you have that understanding, it's like, you know, I just want to hug, you know, and so everything doesn't have to lead to the bedroom. And then, so things such as, you know, really um, like texting your husband throughout the day, um, you know, putting notes in his, you know, bag or, you know, lunch or wherever he's going to see it, you know, if you're not there, um, just calling him, you know, leaving a message, just some kind of connectability over the day, just small things over the day so that you keep that emotional um, intimacy sparked and stoked throughout the day. Not like, hey, baby, how you doing? What you wear? And it don't have to be, <laughs> it don't have to be that, but just connecting, right? Just talking and connecting and, you know, um, or 
maybe having, you know, coffee together in the morning, you know, some moms stayed home. I was a homemaker for years. And so maybe we connect in the morning, just kind of talk before he leaves for the day or, you know, so many different things like that. So that you're keeping that communication and not like he's gone six in the morning, haven't heard from him all day. And then he comes home at 11 o'clock at night, like, Hey, how you doing? Then you touch. He's like, Hey, <laughs> right. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Pump the brakes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Why do their minds just go there? Like it, it has to be just a man thing. Right. I mean, evolution, I would guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Men are definitely uniquely wired. And, um, and so, yeah, it's even, yeah. Having that conversation, when I had that conversation with my husband, it was so, so refreshing. I was like, it's not like, look, every time you come home, why it always happens? It's not like that. It's just like, you know, can we just talk for a minute? I just wanted to, you know, get, get a clear understanding. I mean, and, you know, kind of just set some expectations in place because, you know, I, I love when you come home and I, and I'm excited to see you, but every time I hug or touch or things like that, it doesn't always mean that we're going to the bedroom. It doesn't always mean, you know, and so if, if we can just get that understanding, then I will be, I won't be so apprehensive to touch you more. You know, if you are also understanding that it's because I just want to stay connected, right? That's part of building that emotional intimacy, staying sparked and, you know, keeping the fire stoked, I say, and uh, by just touch and patting, you know, rubbing things like that and not always, you know, hey, phone chicka wawa. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about so people normally have trouble dating their spouse after kids, like finding time to leave the house and they feel guilty doing it or, you know, finding a sitter? Well, now with COVID, like not even being able to leave the house, how do you even date your spouse in the house? That's a good question. (laughs) That's a good question. So one it, um, so let me just speak to the parent in us, first of all, it's so I raised, you know, not raised, I, you know, had six kids, but I say raised because five are grown and out of the house and I have one left. And so it is going to be super, super important to your relationship to make sure that your children are well behaved. Now, listen to me well, because when you have your children well behaved, they understand a schedule and a structure. And when it's time to wind down, when it's time to go to bed, you're not fighting and wasting a lot of time getting them to listen, getting them right. And so, um, so for me, that was, and my kids went to bed earlier, earlier than most kids, you know, because I had, you know, so many kids and, you know, if it's eight o'clock for you, I know you're a couple of years earlier, but it's eight o'clock for you too. Like, right. You know, (laughs) and so they, so having well-behaved kids didn't, they didn't impede on our time together. Right. And so, so that's first and foremost, really having a structure that having the same bedtime, having a routine, right. So that, you know, when you take your bath after dinner, we take our bath, we get into our pajamas, we read our book and we're lights out at eight. Like you need to have that consistency so that, you know, at eight, 
you know, little Johnny and I, all the kids are called Johnny. So just bear <laughs> with me. So if you have a Johnny, sorry, <laughs> but so that, you know, that you can predict how to spend time on the other side of the bedtime. So bedtime is at eight and the lights out and, you know, they're, you know, of course, with that being well-behaved, knowing that you don't get up and roam around, mommy, I want another cracker. I'm not, I'm still hungry. We do it, you know, so, so make sure that's on point first, you know, and then some of the date nights that I've asked women because they've asked, okay, what do we do for date nights? You know, one of the things you can, you know, cook a fun dinner, right? Cook a fun dinner and take your kitchen tablecloth and spread it on top of your bed. Mm. Spread it on top of your bed and have a nice picnic on your bed, right? Something different, something innovative, you know, and and of course in your room lets it be known that it's just you two, right? And after the kids are, are gone to bed, you could do that same thing in the living room, in the middle of the kitchen, kind of wherever in the house, because your kids know to stay in their room and things like that. Another idea is to cook, you know, and I say a fun food because, you know, um, sloppy spaghetti and things like that is probably not the best kind of food, <laughs> you know, something that's easy, but cook a nice, elegant meal and eat it in the bathroom while you're in the tub together. Oh. And you have the wine and the food and you're, you're in the tub and it's just, it's just something fun you could do right at the house. Right. And so those are just a couple of ideas that just think outside of the box, make it just out of, out of the ordinary, because it's going to be rememberable. We're going to remember. Yeah. Remember in 2020 when, you know, it was COVID and we was in the bathroom. Yeah. It wasn't that it was, and it's going to be great memories that you're going to reminisce and, <laughs> and things like that. So Yes. I got to put my in-laws to sleep with them. <laughs> I live with them right now. Oh, <laughs> and then we can have a date <laughs> because I don't know how else we're going to make that happen here. I have to say like what you described sounds like something you'd see on like the bachelor or the bachelorette, but like how often do we actually do that at home? But it's not hard. I mean, that would be easy to do. Yeah. And those exactly. That's not hard. It's really like, oh, huh, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Just simple things to do that. Just, you know, just take some different planning, different, usually in a different scenery, the same thing you normally do just in a different setting. And another thing that we do is my husband and I, we love karaoke, whether we can sing or not. We love karaoke. I happen to sing so it it makes it even more fun <laughs> but but we um we get in the car and we'll go to like McDonald's order some coffee and then there on the Wi-Fi we take our laptop and just sit in the parking lot because everybody's sitting in the parking lot nobody can go in right sit in the parking lot with our laptop and there is a, a club called quarantine karaoke and it's on Facebook. There are over 800,000 members in that group. You can tell when it started, right? Quarantine karaoke. And so you literally get on with your laptop and just, you know, be close to the laptop and you sing karaoke together. So fun. You don't have to be a good singer and everybody's doing it. So you'll see about, you know, 10, 20 different lives going on 
in karaoke and it's a fun date night and things. And then of course, you know, me and my husband, because we're a couple singing, people love the romantic aspect of it. The, the, you know, like you're watching, oh, you guys are so cute. And we'll say, yeah, we've been married for 25 years because they want to hear a story as well. And so we do, and it's so much fun. They'd be like, sing another one. Maybe type <laughs> it in the chat. So what song are you going to sing now? You know, so that's just another fun date night that totally inexpensive. It's just about that quality time. What's your go-to karaoke song? Whitney Houston. Oh. Dance with somebody. I like it. Yeah. I, like I love me some Whitney. Yeah. I bring the house down <laughs> with that song. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so this, speaking of like dancing and singing, it just reminded me, there's one thing that I feel like my husband and I do pretty well with just connecting and we play pan- our Pandora stations a lot and our wedding song is on like, it just kind of comes up on several different of our Pandora stations now. And every time it does, we like stop and dance. Sometimes our kids dance with us. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they just watch, but now like they started to like recognize the song and, and like oh. mommy and daddy are going to dance. And so, I mean, we don't always dance through the whole part of it, but yeah, that's one thing that I was like, oh, actually, maybe we do something kind of sweet. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like that, that is cool. We do that too-ish, but we never hear our song. It's like, what a wonderful life. Mm. And it's oh, a, kind of a, a short one. song, but you don't hear it played that often. I love that. That's such a good idea. Leona, can you talk to us about the 14 intimacies that you talked about? Because I don't know yeah. anything about this. We've heard of all about love languages at this point to like, <laughs> you know, no extent, well, but never heard about this. Oh, okay. Well, I won't give you all 14 tonight. That's probably an additional episode. <laughs> but let me let me give you five. Five okay. that are common that, you know, so I can kind of go into more detail of, of five. So one is intellectual intimacy. So it's intellectually connecting with your husband. So that's how, you know, you know, women go on dates and be like, oh my God, we can just talk for hours, right? Because they're intellectually stimulated by one another, right? And so we should still be able to talk about business, talk about purpose, things like that, as opposed to Oh my God, he's talking about the thing again. Oh, I can't stand what I'm so bored. Like, oh God, you know. So are you still intellectually stimulated with your husband, right? Another one that we already touched on is emotional intimacy, pouring into that emotional cup, right? You know, really connecting more than just hand to hand, connecting heart to heart. So emotional intimacy. Another Um, intimacy is called recreational intimacy. Recreational. How awesome is it to run and do extra run with your husband? Like you and your husband actually run together, ski together, swim together, right? Those kind of things. Recently, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary in November, and we went to Florida for the whole month of November. And so, I, and I was running, I'm a, you know, I exercise as best as I can, <laughs> you know. And when we went on vacation, I didn't want to lose my momentum. And so I asked my husband, I said, first time he's ever done, I said, can you, can we do this? Can we do this every day on our, on our, on our, um, 
anniversary trip. Can we get up? Will you get up with me every morning at 6 a.m. for us to go work out, then have breakfast and then start our day? Can you please do that with me? And he said, yes. I was like, what? So we got up every morning and worked out together, right? That's an example of recreational intimacy, taking walks, you know, things like that. Like you are intimately connecting recreationally. And you don't think about that, but, you know, let's just walk on the beach. All that is recreational intimacy. And so, and then another one is communication intimacy, how you actually communicate and really be open enough to communicate about anything. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, my husband and I in passing, we'll have, you know, conversations and things like that. But when we need to kind of talk, it might be deep, it might be emotional. I'll say, you know, um, let's can can we find some time to go out because so that we can have some time just just kind of talk about a couple of things. And so when I say it that way, he knows, okay, so we're not talking here at the house. We're not talking around it, you know, and so and it's so going out to dinner, Uh, Being alone is one way of how we build the intimacy in connecting. And sometimes it's about like our kids, you know, my kids, any major decision, they'll tell me first and then I have to tell him. And so I have to be intentional about the communication. And so along with that, it's about when you communicate the thing, how you communicate the thing, right? And you, you build that rapport, that you know, that um, kind of, you know, it's kind of like that routine, that that flow of how you communicate and you're building intimacy in that communication. And then um, the last one, last but not least, and definitely not all of them, is um, the commitment intimacy. Woo! Now, this one I go in on, of the commitment one, because it's really about The decisions that you make are because of the commitment that you made, right? But commitment goes further than that. It's holding on to the vow you made long after the feeling in which you made it is gone. Right. And so, yeah, my heart. Yes. Oh, I love the way you said that. Right. That's a quote for sure. Yeah. Long after the pitter patter is gone out of your heart, you're doing things because of the commitment that you made. Mm -hmm. And so that builds that intimacy. Yeah. You might be upset with each other, but you know what? You're here, you're committed and you're going to work the thing out because of the commitment. And so that, that builds that intimacy. Like, you know, there's some things he doesn't do. There's some things I don't do. Why? Because this is where I'm committed. Right. And so you hold on to that commitment that you made. Yeah, I love that because it really speaks to like the level of trust that the other person has in you that you're not just going to drop everything and leave every time it gets tough because you're committed to them. And I think that's so important to really know that they have your back. Like this is your person. You're here for the long run. I always tell my husband, there's one way out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going first. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. My siblings will say to her husband, she go, this is a, this is a life sentence. 
This is a yeah. life sentence. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I was talking to, this is not something we joke about, but I was talking to a good friend of ours today and he's got four kids and he said, you know, my kids heard us arguing and they were like, Oh, are you and mommy getting divorced? And he said, hell no, that's way too expensive. I can't afford that. We're stuck here for the long haul. (laughs) And it's so true. He always says that like they're it's forever, you know, parents argue and sometimes they have disagreements, but it's those things you just mentioned that remind you to, you know, there's more to it than just, you know, butterflies. That's just so superficial. So this is going to make me a total nerd and I'm totally okay with that. But there's this meatloaf song. So meatloaf's a singer from like, the Oh 70s. yeah. Paradise. By yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And so there's this line in the song where she's like, stop right there. I would like, I want to know I if you love know me right now. now. Will you love <laughs> me forever? You know, all of that. And then like, he basically says yes. And then he goes, and now I'm praying for the end of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hurry up and arrive. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. We just threw it back like a decade. That is funny. It's like a 14 minute long yeah, song. Yeah, it is. Too. It's a super long song. And it's wow. a good karaoke song, Leona. Wow. Yes. Okay. yes. I have to look that one up. My Milo. husband probably knows it. He, he knows every song, every genre, every artist. I don't even know how he does it. He knows wow. all the songs. That's <laughs> Keeps you on your feet, right? Yes. Um, Leona, can you talk a little bit about when that breakdown starts? Yeah. I, I like, when does the breakdown in intimacy happen, right, Ellen? Yeah. Is that... Yeah, probably. And I think that as a female, like it's hard for women to be physically intimate if we don't feel emotionally intimate. I think there's a really big connection there. I think more than even like intellectually or commitment, like emotionally, if there's no, you know, if they're not fulfilling your love language or or making you feel worthy in whatever way you need to feel worthy in, I feel like the physical disconnect becomes very easy for us. So can you talk to us a little bit about typically where the breakdown begins and how to like remedy it right when you catch it? That's good. That's a good, great question because, um, yeah, that intimacy that I'm sorry, that emotional component is everything. And, you know, sometimes when we are, you know, when there's breakdown in communication, just kind of like the, the regular things that we do, all of a sudden seems like there's such a pushback. And so, you know, I, I know a lot of times I'm dealing with women, you know, for instance, uh, you know, a particular woman who, you know, in her past, in her marriage made a mistake and has never forgiven herself. And so she was continuing to build the marriage on a broken heart. And so, you know, so it looks like so many different ways, you know, but it it really um, draws a wedge in between the two parties, you know, emotionally. And so some of the things of, you know, just kind of red flags to pay attention to and nip it in the bud before it gets so disconnected is just really one is how you're connecting every day. So, you know, you should be connecting, not, not having sex, not making love, but actually connect emotionally connecting every day. 
right? You're, you know, whether you're, you know, you're winding down, you might already be in bed, he's coming home or, or vice versa, but you're want, you're coming together and connect some kind of, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever. And so when regular, you know, that should be a regular ongoing thing. When something that you regularly do such as that seems to be drifting away, it's a red flag. You know, like we, we always come home, you always grab a, a beer, I always grab a glass of wine, and we just kind of sit down with that. But now you're taking your beer in the other room. So wait, wait, something's going, you know, it's like, pay attention to the regularity that changes. Mm. And then the, uh, another thing to kind of pay attention to is the, you know, the um, freely sharing you know, when you're like excited about your day or you can't wait to share with each other, you know, when you connect, you're like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you what happened to me at work or I wanted to, but when you see those freely sharing moments, the share is getting less, the conversation is getting less. It's a red flag because something else has your attention, you know, and so, or you're sharing with someone else, you know, and so that's a red flag because, you know, I mean, Every time my husband comes home, he's like, oh, my gosh, they, man, this one guy, they hired this new guy. And, you know, he's always talking and kind of vents for his from his day. But when that gets less and he just kind of goes straight upstairs and just kind of, oh, hey, how are you? And goes, then it's a red flag. Like, wait, wait a minute. What's going on? And so these are just some examples to pay attention to because you should have some regular, consistent connecting, winding down in, you know, in your, in your relationship. And when things are changing, it's those little things that you notice are changing that you're like, wait a minute. And so, you know, if you're seeing your husband not venting from work after work, like he normally do, I would just ask a question. Did so, you know, like how was work? Well, it was fine. Why? Um, I was just noticing, you know, just, you know, of course, being intentional about our tone and like, wait a minute, you don't never tell what, what's going on, <laughs> you know, because some, <laughs> some women can just go there. It's like, wait, wait, come back, come back. Don't do that. Right. And so um, but just ask questions. You know, I, I've, I've noticed you've been um, quiet for the last couple of days. Is, is everything all right? Like, you know, nip it in the bud when you see it, because when you let that build and let that build the gap the emotional gaps is, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And now when you actually try to address it, there's a big blow up. See, that's why you always, every time I, you always, you know, and so you definitely want to pay attention to the regularity, build it in, and then, you know, call it when you see it and not wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like a lot of people tell us that the longer they waited to address it, the harder it became to address and the easier it became to just let it go and let it go. Leona, I, so we kind of talked about this at the very beginning before we started recording, but I want to ask you about the, there's this really popular show on Netflix called Bridgerton. And I know you haven't seen it yet, but spoiler alert, everyone, it's about sex mm-hmm. and it's basically soft porn. There's a couple episodes in there that's just basically porn. Um, but I mean, it's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Duke of Hastings. Yes, yes. So the premise of the show is 
it's about like high society in the early 1800s. So it's like, you know, these Whitley's young, you know, virginous, virtuous women, girls, really, they're girls, come out into society and the men like choose them and then they like get married for love when it's really well, I mean, like they meet this guy twice and they're engaged and then they're married and then they, you know, the whole show is the premise that like this girl's learning about sex. She doesn't know anything about sex. And then this like very handsome man teaches her everything she needs to know. So the reason that I want to bring this up is this seems to be like a theme in our society with like women as like these virtuous beings and you're not supposed to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like that stems like go is like, is in, I'm not saying this very well, but it's like in themes throughout our society. Like, what do you make of that? Well, first of all, I don't think I'll be running to go see that show. (laughs) (laughs) So I think your, your, uh, your commentary is all I need. It's all I need. But, but I understand that, you know, and I have dealt with that in the uh, paradigm of, or in the vantage point of growing up as a Christian. And so growing up as a Christian, it was, you know, you don't have sex before marriage and things like that. But then when you're married, it's like, well, now what do I do? Right. And so you know, our society does have a, a sense of taboo on, you know, women expressing their sexuality as opposed to being the, you know, aggressor or things like that. I mean, early in my marriage, when I got married at 18 years old, my husband was my first. And so there was this, you know, um, you know, learning curve, honestly, you know, and so, you know, really connecting with your husband. I mean, it it is the act of sex coming together, consummating your love. It is designed by God and should be beautifully explored together, together as a couple, as opposed to you're only there to please him, you know, and so it should definitely be explored as a a couple unit. And, you know, I mean, there's not a, and there's not a lot of teaching women how to explore that. One of the ways that I say is I went from virtuous to sensuous and did not know how to bridge the gap from one to the other. And so here I am growing up. Okay. You know, you don't, you don't give yourself to a man. You don't do any of that. But then I now pronounce you man and wife. And all of a sudden I'm supposed to give myself to him and, and explore and just like, no, like, wait, what, what, wait, nobody taught me if, you know, and so even more than physically it's emotionally, how do you do that? I've been guarded, you know, and reserved all this time. And now I'm supposed to open up. So, you know, and then people turn to unhealthy avenues to learn how to do that, right? And there's definitely not enough, you know, healthy options for women to 
understand that, you know, sex is to be embraced, you know, and learn together with your husband. And I mean, it just goes on and on. And so, so I, I, um, <laughs> it's amazing that they have um, something like that. Well, I guess I'm not surprised on Netflix, but you know, it, it needs to be, um, part of the engagement learning, not, you know, engagement process of this is what we'll do. This is how we'll learn or connect or grow, you know, and so there's not enough healthy avenues in that aspect. I love that answer. And I do find that to be actually pretty true. So I bet you have a good way of helping people with those healthy avenues. (laughs) (laughs) I so have a healthy way of helping. Absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I, I help women really date their spouse again. And the way that I do that is through over 28 dates. I actually plan your next 28 dates. And it's it's dating reimagined, right? So it's not like we're going out to a five-star restaurant every night. That's, That's not even what I'm talking about. And so I help facilitate, you know, um, how to, you know, date your spouse again. And then, you know, along the 28 dates at about uh, day eight, I help women really have the hard conversation with their husband, you know, because some don't have the courage really of how to have that conversation, whether it, I mean, everybody has a conversation, you know, one, whether it's the family, the past, the, you know, there's a conversation that is generally hard to have and you would try to avoid it if you can. Right. And so, um, so really knowing how to, you know, um, ask what they need in the marriage to their husband. And, you know, so we facilitate that over 28. And so it's called 28 days intimacy coaching program. And it's really helping that wives, you know, helping wives to really date their spouse again, especially if there are barriers to building intimacy. I had a a wife who was married two months and she wanted to be proactive in her marriage and not reactive. And I was like, wow, you are ahead of the game because if I had something like this 25 years ago, I, I wouldn't have struggled so long in my marriage. I love that you have these tools, Leona. And if our listeners want to follow you and kind of learn from you, how could they do that? They can actually do that by um, going to my power link. <laughs> I call it a power link. And it's actually leonacarter.club. Leonacarter.club. With that link, you can learn more about the program. You can connect to my YouTube channel, book a free consultation call. It's literally the power link to do all those things. So that's how they can connect with me. My social media is there as well. Oh, I love that. I hope they reach out because you've been really, really helpful for us and kind of like shown us a a light on what we're missing out on. I mean, really, we're all just kind of in it and doing the day to day, but I really like your ideas and I I'm really looking forward to applying them to our day nights. I love the picnic idea. I think I'm so going to do that. So cute. (laughs) I know. Right. I love that. Yes. It's like on the living room floor with like crackers instead. (laughs) You know, ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) There's a time of building. Yeah. So whipped cream. I mean, we can keep it going. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much, Leona, for joining us. You've been amazing and we really appreciate you. So our listeners can follow you at, say it one more time, leonacarter.club. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Follow her and check her out and see what she has to offer. And you can also follow our podcast on Facebook at Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups, or you can follow us on Instagram at Hey Smart Mamas. We're also on Twitter at Hey Smart Mamas, and you can follow us individually. Crystal is at STL underscore injector. Ellen is at Ellen Lawletta, and Lacey is at Ms. Lacey Lee. Did I get that right this time? Yes. Yay. Yep, you did great. <laughs> this was awesome. Well, thank you. This is so great. And so perfectly timed for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Day, so this is, this is great. This is so good. I didn't either until yeah. just now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and follow us. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars is the best rating. We would really appreciate it. Best six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Smart Mamas. Thanks, Leona.